42 days. Is that what it is till spring? I'm ready now. Anybody with me? Hey, we're two or three are gathered together. <laughs> Maybe we can just have spring right here. Oh, but it is supposed to get up to 40 degrees today. So it'd be like a heat wave. Put on the shorts, run outside. Well, maybe not yet. Some of you, though. Father, I pray that as we look into your word, you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive. I pray that you would um, speak to us, Lord. We want to hear from you. So I ask that my words would be what you would have me to say, no more, no less. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we began a series last week, and in this series, we began looking at Jesus' ministry. We began looking at what he did and how he did it, because it's a model for us as we continue the ministry of Jesus, which that is what we are to do. This is Jesus' ministry is a model for us to emulate as we do what he's called us to do, as we continue his ministry. And, and you know, we're not here to just take up space and wait until one day we can all join Jesus for, you know, eternity. We're not just in a holding pattern, okay? We have something to do. To surrender our lives to Christ means to surrender our lives to his mission, which is to bring the kingdom of God to as many people as we can. And last week, we started this series by going back and looking first at what took place just before Jesus began his ministry, just before he stepped out and began to do all the wonderful things that he did. What took place uh, uh, before that? And we saw that before Jesus ever started his ministry, before he taught in the synagogues, before he touched or healed anyone, before he turned the water into wine in the, at the wedding in Cana, Jesus received affirmation from his Father, who called out from heaven at his baptism and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It's important that we hear that, that we know that, because it shows that everything that Jesus did, he did from a place of affirmation. He didn't do it trying to gain affirmation from his father. He already had that. He did everything he did, his whole ministry, all the healings, all the, you know, the feeding of the multitudes, the, the, uh, the recovery of sight for the blind, all the things that he did, he did from a place of affirmation from his father. And the other thing that we saw before Jesus ministered is that before he began, he went through a season, he went through a time of testing where he was tempted by the devil. Without giving in to anything, without giving in to any of the temptation, he went through that season. And it's, this is important because anyone who aspires to do the work of, of uh, the kingdom of God, everyone is going to be tested every one of us. It's important that we know that. If Jesus was tested, then we can expect to be tested as well. 
But along those same lines, if Jesus came out of his testing victorious, you know what that means? So can we. So can we, because he had the same Holy Spirit. He, he had, the same Holy Spirit that was living in him is living in us. The same Holy Spirit that empowered him empowers us. Now, I want to move up to, the, to today and begin look at the beginning of his ministry. Following Jesus' baptism, after he spent 40 days in the wilderness fasting and being tempted by the devil without giving in, Luke tells us this, and this will be a very familiar passage to many of you because around the vineyard we talk about this one a lot. It's kind of a keynote passage for us as we talk about doing the stuff that Jesus did. It's in Luke chapter 4. I want to start reading in verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. By the way, if you've got a Bible, kind of notice that, mark that, as was his custom. It was his custom to go into the synagogue. That's where the teaching took place. That's where a lot of the worship, everything, you know, things took place there and in the temple. And it was his custom to go to the synagogue every Sabbath day. And it says, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As followers of Jesus, we can look at what this passage tells us about Jesus' ministry, and as we do, we see some things that we need to know for our ministry. Two things in particular that I want to point out that we need to know as we step out and minister like Jesus did. First off, we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We need that. That is a must. That is a non-negotiable. We must have the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I need Him. You need Him. Luke 4.18 says, that, that says, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And then it says, because he has anointed me. And it lists all those things. Jesus was able to do what he did because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, well, Jesus was God, so, you know, in his godness, he did all these things, and we're not God and never will be, so how can we be expected to do the things that Jesus did? And that's a wrong perception of things, because while Jesus was fully God, he was also fully man, and he walked this earth in the power of a man and in the strength of a man in his humanness and in his humanness he couldn't do any of the things that he did just like we can't do any of the things that he did except that the spirit of God anointed him to do it the spirit of God empowered him 
to do it. He was able to do what he did because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended on him when he was baptized and led him into the wilderness and then empowered him to come back and do the work that his father sent him to do. And you and I need that same empowerment. If we are going to minister like Jesus did, then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come and make us feel good. Okay, sometimes we have an experience where the Holy Spirit falls on us. We're baptized in His presence and, and so forth, and we think, oh, wow, wasn't that wonderful? And that's great, and that's good. I'm not knocking experience. But he didn't come to empower, he didn't come to, to baptize us or to fill us just so that we'll feel good or just to bless us or just to give us an experience. He doesn't come just for that. He comes to empower us and he comes to empower us to do something. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, he said, because he because he has anointed me too. The Spirit of the Lord of the Lord is on me for this reason, to do these things. In other words, that's why the Holy Spirit came to rest on Jesus when he was baptized, to empower him to do the things that the Father sent him to do. And that's why you and I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, so we can do the ministry Jesus called us to do. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not something that just happens at a one-time thing. Okay, I've, I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit or I've been filled by the Holy Spirit, so now I'm set, I'm good to go. No, we need to be filled on a continual basis. Day after day, we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit to do the things that He's given us to do. None of us can do it on our own. We do not have the ability. But, I mean, Jesus didn't even do the things that he did in his own strength. But when the Holy Spirit empowers us and we set out what he's given us to do, he can do amazing things through us. It's the Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus, and it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us. That's why Jesus promised to send his Holy Spirit because you and I need him. We need him. We can't do anything without him. We can't live for Jesus without him. We can't minister like Jesus without him. Nothing. We can't understand the scripture as we read it without him. We need his Holy Spirit to do all those things. Second thing we learn from this passage is this. <laughs> we need a clear focus on our mission. We need a clear focus. Let's read, starting in verse 18. He has anointed me, okay? Holy Spirit's come, and, and he has anointed me. Anointed me to do what? You know, anointed Jesus to do what? Well, listen, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, Jesus was anointed to proclaim and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And that's the same mission we have. We proclaim 
and demonstrate. We proclaim the kingdom of God is here. That was Jesus' message. He said, repent because the, the, the kingdom of God has come upon you or has come near to you. It's here. The kingdom of God is here. And then he went out and spent his, the rest of his life showing that, proving that, demonstrating the kingdom of God. He was very clear about what he was to do. We see that played out then as we re- go ahead and read the rest of Luke's gospels, uh, gospel and the other gospels that Jesus went about, and he was focused on doing the very thing he said he was here to do in Luke 4. That's what the miracles were about. That's what the signs and wonders were about. That's what his mission was about, and it hasn't changed to this day. That is our mission, to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God. He didn't get entangled, and this is important, Jesus did not get entangled in things outside the focus of his mission. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wrote to his disciple Timothy, and this is what he said. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. In other words, he stays focused on his mission focused on what he was here to do, on what his commanding officer had sent him to do. And if if, you you know anybody that's been in the military, they'll tell you your commanding officer's word is, I mean, it's, that's it. You do what you're ordered to do. You do what you're commanded to do. And as Jesus fills that place, as he is our commanding officer, we just do what he's given us to do. And that's we don't get sidetracked, we don't get entangled in all these other things. Jesus was clear and he stayed focused. He brought the kingdom of God to people, to hurting people, to lost people, to oppressed people, to people who had lost all hope, to people whom others had cast aside. That's what he focused on. He focused on bringing the kingdom of God to people and he didn't let anything else distract him. And just like Jesus, our focus is to be to bring the kingdom of God to people. That is our focus as believers. That is our focus as disciples. Now, I want you to follow me on this. Remember, at the time when Jesus walked on this earth, the land of Israel was under occupation by Rome. Rome was the ruling power. The Jews were not fond of the Romans, and the Romans were not fond of the Jews, but the Romans held all the power. And the Jews wanted to be free from this this occupying force, this this, uh, 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 ruthless force that was powerful force that was occupying their land. They wanted to be free from that. They wanted to be free from the oppressive rule, and they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And when the Messiah come, their expectation would be that he would deliver the people from Roman rule and set up Israel as a free and clear kingdom again under its own rulership and not under any other foreign power. That was the expectation. There was a lot that he could have gotten entangled in, but he stuck to his mission. 
In fact, there were times when the people wanted to take him and make him king. They wanted to take him by force and make him their king, but that wasn't the plan that the father had in mind. So when the people tried to do that, he just slipped away from them. He was always just slipping away from the people. Either they're ready to make him king or they're ready to stone him to death, one or the other. And he would just slip away from their midst. Because he was about doing what his father had given him to do. Jesus didn't allow himself to get entangled in the political hostility between the Jews and the Roman occupying force. Because what mattered to Jesus was people and not politics. I want you to hear that. What mattered to Jesus, the focus of his ministry, the focus of his life, was people, not politics. We would do well to keep that in mind, especially when we have an election coming up later this year, and then another one two years after that. Now, hear what I'm saying and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Christians should not be involved in the political realm. I'm not saying they shouldn't, that, that we shouldn't vote. I'm not saying we shouldn't run for office. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is this. Our mission is not a political one. Our hope is not in a political party. It's not in any candidate. It's not in any judge nominated to serve on any court. Our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus does not belong to, nor does he endorse, any political party or candidate. We need to hear that. Because the message we're hearing a lot is if only this party was in power, all of our problems would be solved. If this person gets elected, all of our problems would be solved. We have to do the above all else. We have to, 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 to change the power in, in, in Washington. Our hope is not in any political person or power or party. Our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. In fact, it's interesting that while the people were looking for someone to free them from the Romans, and that's what they expected the Messiah to do, Jesus never once, never once confronted or challenged the Roman authorities. That wasn't his mission. That wasn't what he was here to do. Even when he stood before Pilate, he didn't defend himself or throw accusations their way. In fact, Jesus even taught that, you know, if a Roman soldier forces you to go one mile with them, go a second mile. Because that's what that was referring to. The Roman soldiers had the authority. They could stop anyone on the street and they could force you into uh, service for a mile to carry their, their, uh, their equipment or whatever it was they were carrying. They could force you to go with them for a mile. Think of that in terms of Simon of Cyrene carrying the cross of Jesus. The soldiers said, hey, over here, you're helping with this.
Christianity in this country, this is so important, Christianity in this country is not going to rise or fall depending on which party holds power in Washington. We need to hear that. Again, that's not to say we shouldn't vote or we shouldn't be involved. That's simply to say that's not where our hope is. The, the country is not going to fall apart because of who's in Washington. And then the country is not going to be saved and faith in this country saved because of who's in Washington. No matter who holds the power in Washington, our focus as, the, as the disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, our focus is to bring the kingdom of God to the people around us. Our mission doesn't change with an election. I think one of the biggest hindrances to the church fulfilling its mission today in this country comes from all the distractions that surround us. We think going, we think the wrong things matter more than we do. We think policies matter over love and concern for our neighbor, and they don't. Are they important? Yes. But a primary importance is love and concern for our neighbor. We think that if we only get the right legislation passed, that suddenly people's hearts will be changed, but they won't. We think if we get Roe versus Wade overturned, and let me just clarify, I am pro-life. I do not believe in abortion. I do not believe in it. I believe that God forgives and God redeems and, and there's grace but I don't believe that abortion should be legal. I don't believe it's right. But if we think that getting that overturned is going to suddenly change people's hearts, we're wrong. Legislation will never change the human heart. The only thing that can change the human heart is an encounter with Jesus. And you can't legislate that. That takes coming in contact with Jesus and having an encounter with him. And often that happens as people encounter us. Often that happens as people encounter the people of Christ. We think if we just put the right party in power, pass the right laws, there's hope for our country, and if we don't, there's no hope. But that's just so wrong. That's placing our hope in the wrong place. Our hope is in Jesus, and our hope is only in Jesus. And I don't say that out of desperation, out of, oh, he's our only hope. I say that with expectation, and I say that in faith, because we do have hope in him. That's why our focus must be on bringing the kingdom of God to our community, bringing the kingdom of God to our neighbor, bringing the kingdom of God to our enemy, bringing the kingdom of God to anyone who will listen, because that's what Jesus did. As we said at the beginning of this series, every follower of Jesus is called to continue the work that Jesus began to do. That's why we're still here. So how do we get started? Here's what we need to do. 
First off, because we need the empowerment that comes with being baptized in the Holy Spirit, with being filled with the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit every day. Ask Him to fill you. If you had it yesterday, then when you wake up today or you wake up tomorrow, then, then ask, him to, ask Him to do it again. Do it again, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me yesterday or thank you for filling me last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. But Lord, I need it today. I need your Holy Spirit today. I need him. So baptize me fresh. Fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do the things that you have laid out for me to do today. Throughout the day, ask him to fill you. When you're going into a situation where you know that there could be tension, when you're going into a situation where you, you uh, uh, might have an opportunity to minister to someone, to pray for someone, to talk to someone about Jesus or, or anything else, then just like a, just a, a quick, fill me, Holy Spirit. I need you now. So ask Him to fill you. And then as you encounter people throughout your day, Ask God to help you see them as He sees them. Not as you think they should be, not as you think they are. Often the way we view people, we see them not as who they are, but who we think they would be if we had been through or or if we were in their situation. Well, you know, we make assumptions about people. People are hurting. They're hurting, but they're afraid to let anybody know because we do not value vulnerability in this country. We do not value in this country. There's no value of of, uh, someone saying, I need help. I'm struggling. But there's tremendous value in the kingdom of God. But when we meet people, as we go through our day, it could be people at work, it could be people at, at Kroger, it could be people at, at any restaurant in town, it could be people at a gas station, it could be people anywhere you meet people. And people are everywhere. <laughs> anywhere you meet people, just say a simple, Lord, help me to see these people as you see them. And then look with open eyes and ears. Because you never know when you say that. You never know just when the Lord may tell you something about that person. They are really hurting today and they need a word of encouragement. Maybe all of a sudden, you know, as we're talking to them, we'll hear what's behind the mask, literally and figuratively. We'll hear what's behind the mask. We'll hear a little quiver in their voice that tells tells me something's not right. And then as you're led by the Holy Spirit, press into that. Press into that. Say, is is something going on? I just got the sense that somehow you may be struggling. Is that so? Is there anything I can pray with you about? I mean, what are they going to do? If they say, no, I'm fine. Okay, well, I just thought I'd ask. They're going to walk away from that thinking, 
wow, that person cared to ask. And chances are, they'll if they don't share it, they'll say, you know, I wonder if I should have said something. Maybe next time I will. Ask God to help you see people as he sees them. People are all around us every day. People that God loves. People that are hurting. People that feel invisible and wish somebody would really see them and acknowledge them. People that God wants you to notice. And it may be he doesn't have you to say anything at all. It may be just something that you notice and the Lord says, I want you to be praying for that person. They're going through something right now and they're not ready to share it. But I want you to be praying for them. By the way, you can rarely tell what's going on in a person's heart by what's going on in their actions. Rarely. Before I gave my life to Christ, those four months from the end of March to the end of July, yes, four months after Lisa had given her heart to the Lord, before I did, I showed nothing on the outside that was going on. Absolutely nothing. I was resistant. I was... rebellious. I had my guard up. I wasn't going to hear a word. I didn't like what was going on. But in here, God was doing something. In here, God was working. Nobody could see it. Lisa couldn't see. I, I, I like to say, she, she bought a book one time. You know, During that four months, she bought a book. The title of the book was was I love God and my husband. <laughs> you know, I always thought that was funny. It's like, okay, God, I love you, but what am I going to do with Dave? You know, <laughs> he's running the other direction. But stuff was going on in here that she knew nothing about, that she couldn't see. And at the end of that four months, it was like, then it all came out. And it's like, Lord, I'm yours. I'm tired of running. I'm going to believe everything people are telling me. Where was I? You know, so often we get so caught up with things going on in our own lives or distractions and that we become oblivious to what people around us are going through. And we become distracted by things going on in society. We, you know, we lose our focus. Jesus knew what God had anointed him to do. He stayed focused. He stayed on mission. In the same way, let's remember to stay focused on bringing the kingdom of God to people because that's what Jesus did, and that's our mission. Let's stand. I just want to pray over us right now. Jesus, I ask you to come and to fill every one of us with your Holy Spirit. Whether right now 
or whether when we walk in the door or out the door or walk in the door at home, whenever. But Lord, do it. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Baptize us in your Holy Spirit. We need him. We need his presence in our life. We need his empowering in our life. We need his uh, 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 wisdom in our, in our life. So send your Holy Spirit, baptize us in your Holy Spirit, fill us in your Holy Spirit as you did in the book of Acts, as you did throughout the early church. We need your Holy Spirit. And as we go about our days, help us to see people as you see them. Give us eyes to see what you're doing in people's hearts and lives. Give us eyes to see not what's up front and visible on the outside. Help us to see the pain in people's lives. Help us to see the loneliness in people's lives. Help us to see the fear that's in people's lives. Help us to see the invisibility that people feel, like nobody notices them, nobody cares. Help us to see the emptiness that's there. Help us to see people as you see them, Lord. Give us our Father's eyes. And help us to stay focused on our mission. To bring the kingdom of God to people. And not get distracted by anything else that's going on around us whether near or far, keep our eyes focused. Keep our hearts focused. And help us to stay on mission, to do the work that Jesus did. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now to receive the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Go out and have a great week. Keep your eyes and ears open to what God is doing in people around you.